still my soul. Hey everybody, this is Phil. Welcome to our Bible study podcast. At the end of this study, please take the time to subscribe to the Glen Springs Church YouTube channel and check out our website. Also, if you live in the Gainesville, Florida area, we would love to have you visit us in person. For now, let's open up the Heavenly Library and may the words of the Holy Spirit sink deep into our hearts. Thanks for joining us. In every Well, we are back, and it may not seem much to everybody in the virtual world who probably just went from one video to the next, but I haven't seen you for a couple of weeks. How are you doing? Well, I haven't seen you hardly at all, and here's two people sitting here looking at each other, neither one of us having glasses on. That's another thing. That's another thing. No, so, I've been out two weeks. The COVID just... It got you. It worked on me, but very much so. So it's been two weeks since we filmed. Yeah, well, you look good, and I can see you without spectacles. Isn't that interesting? And I can see you without spectacles, and I can see the camera without spectacles. Okay. So this is good. This is real good. Mine's contact lenses, learning how to use the old yeah. stick your finger in your eyeball technique, yeah. which is very difficult for me right now. But Mine is... Uh, the dilemma that Isaac had that he could not correct, which was cataracts. <laughs> cataracts. <laughs> and so I could. Yeah, you are no longer a blind guy. That's right. Leading the blind. That's right. The blindness has been taken away. Well, That's you look right. good. You look good, and we can see. And so if you're seeing us, welcome. This is good. Good to have you. Good to have you. We are in Ephesians chapter 6. Is it Ephesians? Uh, it, it, yeah, it, it does seem like a while, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, right. But it is still Ephesians, yes. uh, and we're in Ephesians 6, so thank you so much for joining us uh, as we study God's Word together. And last lesson, I uh, can't say last week, so last lesson, uh, we wrapped it up looking at the family and I know that's just a short snippet, Mark, when you look at chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, about children obeying your parents and fathers and families, really, uh, do not provoke your children to anger. But it, it's such a powerful admonition that, to me, really goes beyond the family. If we can put ourselves in God's family, then it fits for all of us to just be obedient to our Father. And I almost get the impression that clearly Paul, every time he speaks, is just imploring everyone who's hearing him, you have a father. He loves you more than you could ever imagine. And oh, that you would know just the depth, the length, the width, and the height of that love and obey him because he's telling you what you need to know for your own good. Scripture is amazing to me in the sense that it speaks to a lot of things in a small amount of words. Mm -hmm. It's just amazing. The Lord did that. Right. Uh, and uh, Paul many times gets pretty wordy, but when he hits a point, he says a lot in a small amount. I mean, four verses here, and you pretty much have what families should be doing together. Right. I mean, he covers it. And so there's obedience. Uh, there's preference there is not provoking all of these things are involved in a good family relationship and he says it so succinctly uh, 
uh, and we get so much out of it. Yeah. And, and so we see the instruction that parents and children, how they work together and serve one another. But if you go back to chapter 5 where he begins, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. Yes. It, there's, there's a way in which Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4 applies to all of us. And, and, and that was kind of my point. Fathers, so say it like this, yes. your heavenly father, he doesn't provoke you to anger. No, but he seeks to bring you up in the discipline and the admonition of who he is. If Listen we, to him. If we fathers are behaving and imitating God the Father, then we're going to do what he does for us, which is trying not to antagonize. He doesn't do us, and he's not provoking us. He is taking us in the direction that we need to go for salvation, for, for uh, eternal life with him. Well, in the family, if you behave and act like the father, um, then you're going, your children are going to be doing that very same thing. They may hopefully then come to the Lord. Yeah. And so I, we've said all this kind of as a setup to get into the next section of chapter 6, which these are some challenging verses that's hard for us in our society to comprehend when you talk about master and slave. You have to make application. Yeah. You have to make that. It's 150 years ago, sadly, in this country, uh, when you had this sort of thing going on, which is very sad. But this was commonplace in New Testament times. Right. I mean, most of society were slaves. It's only a few in the society uh, that then were the well-to-do. And so most of the people he's addressing here are very likely slaves. And so he is saying to them, uh, this is how you behave. Well, it is interesting. I've, I've read uh, some historians say that a fifth, maybe up to a third of those who were in the Roman kingdom were dealing with slavery or were slaves themselves. Yeah, yes. And so those that are coming and being a part of Christianity, they're being converted to Christ, they're still slaves. And so here's the admonition, not just to those who are slaves, but to those who, even in the church, yes. are slave owners. So Ephesians 6, I'll begin reading in verse 5. Bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart, as you would Christ. Not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bondservant or is free. Masters, do the same to them, and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and that desire, or that there is no, and that there is no partiality with him. All right, hard for us to grasp, but imagine yourself being a slave and Paul's admonition to you is, serve your master as if it was the Lord. Yes, and, and do good things. Do good things, not as eye service. I love that term, eye service. Mm -hmm. How many people today work with the idea of being eye service? You yeah. know, I want to be sweet and kind if you're around, but I may not be behaving that way when you're not around, right. that I'm just doing it to look good instead of doing it to be good. 
looking good and being good are two different things. Yeah, and and we do, like you just said, take this from this context in which it was applicable to them, apply it to our lives. Yes. Well, how powerful is it for us to be mindful that in any capacity in which we're serving somebody else, we're not just doing the people pleaser thing or what looks good in front of everybody when I'm out in front of them, but every moment, every ounce of our being working and serving is if we were literally working and serving for Jesus, right. who is our master. Most of us are employees. There may be a few who are employers, but most of us are employees. And so you have a responsibility. You have an obligation. Uh, you have signed on to do certain things. What the Lord is saying here is you're doing those things, but you're doing it for the Lord. And so you're doing the best that you can do because I'm serving the Lord, not this employer necessarily. And if I'm serving the Lord and behaving like I'm supposed to, my employer will benefit greatly from me being that kind of an employee. Your thoughts on this phrase, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord. You know, it's interesting. We we talk about good works saving us or not saving us. Uh, And we have to be careful sometimes in how we couch that. Uh, There's not a good work that's going to get me into heaven necessarily that I can do on my own without the Lord. Uh, Ephesians 2, that's what talks about that. But if I am doing the works that the Lord wants me to be doing as a Christian and doing good works, that will come back to my benefit as far as the Lord is concerned. Well, and and even in the Lord's mind, it may not mean you get the benefits right now in an earthly way, but like Jesus speaks in the Servant on the Mount, storing up treasures in heaven. Uh, Also, even the idea of don't give just to be seen of men as if you're clanging a cymbal or hitting a gong, uh, but you're giving to the person as if you're giving to the Lord. Well, as the proverb says, he who lends to the poor lends to the Lord. Exactly. The, the gift is not so necessarily a monetary, physical gift, even now maybe. But like you say, something to come and something that goes far beyond what you thought you were going to get here in the process. How am I going to influence the world if I'm not trying to be Christ-like and right. trying to be God-like? Imitators of God, right, right back up to 5.1. If I'm imitating what I'm supposed to be doing there, I'm doing good works because... That is the proper thing to be doing. And most of the world is going to look at that and say, that's different. You're not behaving like the normal human being is. What is it about you that makes you different? I mean, you're, you're, asking, people are, you're asking people to talk to you about that because I'm behaving the way that it's unusual. Uh, here's a thought for you, Mark. Are we slaves? Yeah, we are to God. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> but in fact, uh, that's the way Paul couches it when you look at the Roman letter. Roman uh, six, we're no longer exactly slaves right. to yeah. sin. We are slaves to righteousness. And and how many times does Paul even refer to him uh, himself as being a slave to the Lord? Bondservant. Uh, bond bond I'm a bondservant. And that's what we should be. We should be behaving here towards our employers, or these slaves should be uh, behaving towards their masters doing what they know is right to do. Yeah. 
a bondservant. Interesting word study. Uh, some of your Bibles may even have a footnote. I have the English Standard Version. Mine says bondservant. Does yours? Just say slaves. Slaves, okay. And, and that's the footnote, slaves. A bondservant, though, specifically refers to somebody who belongs to someone else. Um, it wasn't that uncommon in this day and age. Maybe you weren't born into slavery. In essence, your parents were slaves and you were born into it. Some people became slaves because in that day and age, you couldn't just file bankruptcy. You, you, you had either pay your debt or you actually became a slave to the person you owed money to. You belonged to them until the debt was fulfilled. Uh, and so you, you see that kind of reference. You belong to somebody else. Well, we belong to the Lord. The, the, the Lord is our master. Yes. Uh, and we see that, and that's important to keep in mind. Uh, and so you see that terminology as well. Now, masters, those, let's say a landlord, uh, let's say an employer, uh, stop your threatening. Be mindful of how you lead others. An admonition that would be applicable to us. Uh, you're always going to be one who's going to get more out of people by not threatening, but maybe actually complimenting and encouraging in a different way. Uh, or what you would say, positive admonitions. Uh, Sean and I would sometimes refer to as the kids as the old Jedi. Uh, instead of jumping on, you really want to do this. Yes. This is really what's going to make you happy. Uh, I think it's important that we not only understand the slave aspect, but the master aspect to this, and think about how our master, our Lord, treats us. I'm going to be even more specific as far as the scriptures are concerned. You have Philemon and Onesimus. Oh, yeah, the whole story. Of and, and, and the point there is you had a master in a congregation. You had a slave in that congregation. The master and slave relationship was there. Now, how are you going to handle that? Mm -hmm. And so... The, Paul was pleading with him very explicitly and implicitly uh, as to how he needed to treat Onesimus, even though Onesimus had left him. And I think then became a Christian, uh, and now he's coming back to you, not as your slave only. As your brother. But as your brother. And so he's saying here to these Ephesians, guys, look out among you. He used to be your slave. He's now your brother. And the slave, look at your master. Yes, he's still your master, but he's also your brother. You're treating each other as your brethren in Christ because there's no partiality as far as the Lord is concerned. You're just as good as he is. You're just as good as he is as far as the Lord is concerned. Yeah. And so be mindful of how you lead others. Exactly. Uh, no partiality. No. No partiality, which... Isn't it a blessing to know our Father shows no partiality with us? And Exactly. And I know that would be hard if you had been a master to somebody for 10, 15, 20 years, and now he's your brother. How? It's interesting. Were some of these masters ongoing threatening their slaves? Mm -hmm. And he's saying to them, stop that. Yeah. You know, that may just be a common thread in your heart and in your mind, and that's something you've always done. He's saying here to them, that's not how you are to behave anymore. You do not threaten 
your slaves anymore. Uh, let's wrap this up. Instead of going on to the whole armor of God and the, uh, the Christian armor uh, in verse 10, let's kind of wrap it up because you see a pattern of submission, not just in all the teachings of Jesus, but specifically here in Ephesians. Uh, the concept of submitting to one another, subjecting yourselves to one another. We, we've seen that, uh, especially when we saw verse 21 of chapter 5, and then wives to husbands and husbands to wives. And now you see it slaves to masters, but also masters and serving slaves. Yes. There is a submission. It's who we are. And just to really put it in context, it's who our Father is. Our Father submits to us. Jesus submitted to us by becoming one who came to serve and not be served and gave himself as a ransom. The greatest submitter of all was Jesus. That's right. Of all. And so what am I to be treating a slave uh, or an employee appropriately and properly? Right. What am I, why can't I be able to do that when the Lord came and submitted himself to me, why can I and, not behave that way? And why I should submit to my employer exactly. and submit to my wife and help my wife and vice versa exactly. and my brother and my sister in Christ. It's why a, wouldn't I behave that way when the greatest example I have is somebody who died for me? All right. Well, anything else you want to add then to this text? No. I'm looking forward to getting into the full armor of God, but that's going to be a different discussion. We'll save that for next time. Good to see you. Good to be back. Good to be, Good to back. be able to talk. Exactly. And I, I, I talked for what twenty minutes and didn't cough. There you this go. Is good. Hey, you did good. You are doing. And you can see. Yes, everything's and, and good. I can see. All right. Well, as always, thank you so much for joining us. If you have any comments or questions, please reach out to us. And our admonition is always the same. We hope that you can not only be filled with the fullness of God, but truly understand just the great love that Jesus and our Heavenly Father has for all of us. God bless you. Good day, brother. The Lord is in His holy temple. Again, thanks for listening. If you live in north-central Florida or you're just passing through, we would love to have you visit us at the Glen Springs Road Church of Christ. Also, check out our website, glenspringschurch.com. You can learn more about our church family and how to contact us. Until next time, God bless. Keep silence before him.